You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. Welcome to our uh, Truth Be Told series. Our goal is to have a deeper understanding of uh, really the parables of Jesus that will cause us to apply and grow more in character. And I hope that you did grow and you... uh, had a deeper understanding of what we have uh, been discussing for the past few weeks. They did the parable of Christ was uh, delivered in order to really uh, hammer a point. The whole point of parables is to communicate a message um, that is totally familiar with the setting during uh, the time of Jesus. And God used a story in order for people to uh, really uh, understand what He wants to convey and communicate. And this is what I like about parables. It is always according to the context of the people during the time. I don't know if you don't understand what context is. If I tell you the, uh, that uh, I am, in fact, surprised of the new American president, his name is? The reason why I'm using his, uh, him as an illustration this uh, uh, evening is uh, when it comes to leadership because I know you can relate with him, right? You understand, okay, my language. And this is what Jesus Christ did. In order for him to communicate a message, he used a story familiar during their time. So for the past few weeks, we've been discussing the sower. I hope you did learn something, the mustard seed, that whether you like it or not, the kingdom of God will advance. Isn't it amazing that you're part of the kingdom? And whether you like it or not, it will advance. About uh, two, three weeks ago, we did talk about the prodigal sons. Okay, the two sons and the younger one really uh, squandered every, uh, everything and while living and has uh, prioritized other things and his relationship with his father. And the older uh, uh, son was with his father and yet missed the relationship, right? And about uh, two, uh, three weeks ago, we did talk about the, the parable of the Good Samaritan, that indeed uh, we are a product uh, of God's grace and everything that we're doing because of our experience of who God is. We're not Doing what is good because we want to win the attention of God. We have won the attention of God, thus we're doing what is good. Do you understand this? And about a week ago, we did talk about the, the vineyard workers were in, really, um, they were given uh, the, the opportunity to uh, understand the generosity of the Lord. And uh, today we'll talk about the 10 minas, okay? The 10 minas, it's, it's um, a type of wage during uh, the time of Jesus. So can we open our Bibles right now in Luke chapter 19, verse 11 to 27? I want you to take note that before 11, it's verse, before 11, it's verse? <laughs> okay, I want you to take note that before this parable, there's the story of Zacchaeus. And when two stories are connected and are attached, uh, it has really um, a relationship. But we will uh, first read chapter 19, okay? It's written right here. As they heard these things, he proceeded to tell a parable because he was near to Jerusalem and because they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. The disciples want for the kingdom to appear immediately. He said, therefore, a nobleman, okay, he shared a story. A nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then returned, calling 10 of his servants. He gave them 10 minas and said to them, engage in business until I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we do not want this man to reign over us. When he returned, having received the kingdom, he ordered these servants to whom he had given 
the money to be called to him, that he might know what they had gained by doing business. Verse 16, the first came before him saying, Lord, your mina has made ten minas more. And he said to him, well done, good servant. Because you have been faithful in a very little, you shall have authority over ten cities. And the second came saying, Lord, your mina has made five minas. And he said to him, and you are to be over five cities. Then another came saying, Lord, here is your mina, which I kept laid away in a handkerchief. For I was afraid of you because you are a severe man. You take what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. He said to him, I will condemn you, you with your own words, you wicked servant. You knew that I was a severe man taking what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow? Why then did you not put my money in the bank and at my coming I might have collected it with interest? And he said to those who stood by, take the mina from him and give it to the one who has ten minas. And they said to him, Lord, he has ten minas. I tell you that to everyone who has more will be given. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. But as for these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slaughter them before me. That's quite a long story, but I hope that I, I, I can communicate to you what the parable is all about. In the case of Jesus, he is this noble man who goes to a distant country to receive the kingdom. Now, I want you to imagine right now, Christ okay, will be returning and he will rule with power and authority. So he went away, okay, and the story of the parable is uh, referring to his departure into heaven after his death and resurrection. And I want you to understand that after the death and resurrection of Christ and he went to heaven, the disciples are asking him with his $1 million question, when do you plan to restore, okay, the kingdom to Israel? They're eager that God will fix everything and renovate everything and fix everything so that everything will be in the right order. That's the desire of the disciples, how many of you here, at times you find yourself in a situation where you want everything now? Lord, I want patience now. <laughs> and, and we're like that. And this is really the heart of the disciple. But God is simply saying, when I return, I will return with power and authority. And I want you to know that I will rule and reign. But before I return, this is what I want you to do. But the disciples are not hearing him. Do you understand? How many of you here, you've been in this situation as well, wherein you want something and you, you, can't, you can't hear from people? And at times we're that stubborn. How many of you here, you have family members that are very stubborn? Not you, but family members. <laughs> that even if you tell them what to do, they're set to do what they want. And the disciples are like that. They're set to do what they want. We want the kingdom of God to be restored. We want Jesus Christ to come as a king and rule and reign. But God is saying, I cannot return. Before I return, I want to do something. And people are not hearing him. This is where okay, God wants to really unravel what he wants to communicate in his parable. So in order for us to understand what the parable is all about, we need to understand the context. We need to understand the context that Jesus is correcting the views or the false view of his disciples. The disciples are saying, now God return, because when you return, okay, we can have the upper hand. When you return, it will be good for us. When you return, it will be for our advantage. Kami ang bida. But God is simply saying, this scenario needs a parable. 
I will explain why I cannot return because I have an agenda. And I know that disciples are eager for his return, but God wants to check the motivations of what? Of their hearts. That yes, probably what you want is valid, but God is simply saying, Alam ko kung bakit ka church eh. May guapo dun. Saan, Lord? But my point is, valid naman eh, that God wants you to find a husband and a wife. Right? Paul, that's a wrong motivation. Alam ko na to church ka kasi you want to be promoted. After your promotion, you're not going to church. Yeah. Alam ko bakit nag-church kasi depressed ka. Alam ko bakit nag-church ka kasi it's Christmas. Do you, do you understand this? And God would always share and tell a parable in order for the people to understand, wow, my motivation is wrong. So in order for us to really understand the context of this, the disciples are asking, when are you going to return God so that you will restore all of this? But God is saying, this is not the time. In fact, in Acts chapter 1, verse 6, the disciples was, was really eager for His return. They said, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom of Israel? They want God to comply to what they want. But that's not what God is up to. God is simply saying, you're not getting it. If I return, there are people out there that are harassed and helpless. They need me. How many of you here are thankful that Christ did not yet return yet and thus you're in church and you have repented of your sins? Do you understand that God gave us another chance to repent and come to our senses and ask God to come into our hearts? And He's giving each and every one of us, our relatives, our parents, our brothers and sisters, and the people that we love, an opportunity to come to know Him, right? He's not returning because He wants everybody to come into repentance. Isn't that a great opportunity? And this is why I am thankful that God, okay, really caused us to wait that there is a little bit of a delay because He wants the people that we want in His kingdom to have a chance. So the context is not when is he returning. God is simply saying, my context is not about what you want that I return. My context is not when, it's about what. Then in the meantime, what do you need to accomplish? What do you need to do? Because we are all the uh, products of the gospel. The, our motivation, the reason why we're doing what we're doing, and the reason why we want to share the gospel, the reason why uh, we, we want to be generous, the reason why we're in church, the reason why we want people to come to know the Lord. Amen. You want your family members to come to know the Lord, right? Nobody in his right mind, okay, would want his father to go to hell or his ex-boyfriend probably I mean, my point is you want everybody to come to repentance and they're not getting it God is saying let me delay for a while because I want people to come into repentance and he wants people to understand where he's coming from now the parable was given and it's easy for us to comprehend all of this because we do understand that indeed this is what God is trying to convey in order for us to really appreciate the parable of the ten minas, Christ started with a story on Zacchaeus. Okay? You're familiar with Zacchaeus. He is a Jewish person who's despised by his own people because he's serving the Roman government. He's representing the Roman government to collect taxes from his own people. And you understand that he's not for his people. He's for the Roman government against his own people. But God asked him, okay, to invite him in their house. Isn't it amazing? I like Christ. I mean, I don't know if you do understand uh, the story of Zacchaeus where Christ said, 
invite me in your house. I mean, how is that really ethical, okay? But Christ is Christ and he can do whatever he wants. So Zacchaeus encountered God. And the beauty of this is that he encountered God not because really he wants to impress God. He encountered God in a manner wherein he can't imagine and fathom why would God interact with him. Because most of the Jewish individuals or people during the time doesn't want to mingle with tax collectors because they're, they're not just sinners. They're, they're people despised. And remember, Matthew or, 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 or Zacchaeus is not just a tax collector. He is the chief of all tax collectors. Parang si ano to eh. No, I don't want to mention my names. But, <laughs> but at the end of the day, you need to understand the context. And Christ was interested with this man. And Zacchaeus was forever changed because God took him in, did not wait for Zacchaeus to change. But while he was in sin, God took him in. And some of us here, we can relate with this man. Zacchaeus was a sinner and yet God took him in. And all of us here, God did not wait for us to change in order for God to take us in. We were ugly sinners and were doomed to go to hell and yet God opted to take us in. That's the power of God's unconditional love. And because of that, Zacchaeus probably experienced the love of God. And this is what happened to him. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord! Zacchaeus was a small man, right? Behold, Lord! The half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. I mean, uh, probably, okay? That's just my own opinion. Zacchaeus is a small guy, therefore his voice should be small, right? If he's three, what, three eight or three nine or four one, and his voice is kind of bold, I, I, I would be surprised. A small boy, what? <laughs> I, I don't think it's, it's going to work that way. And, and Zacchaeus promised Jesus Christ said, I will return fourfold. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Therefore, the encounter of Zacchaeus with Christ changed his perspective. And he what compensated more than what he can afford the people that he took advantage of and with. This is why the gospel is powerful. Because God used this opportunity to show Zacchaeus that I love you. And because of God's love for him, it caused him to love other people. It caused him to do what is right and proper. And remember, the gospel is like that. It's not religion. Religion will require you to be good. I will accept you. Do you understand? The gospel tells us, I have accepted you, therefore you can be good. Are you getting this? This is why I'm really moved reading this passage because I can see myself that it was God's unending, unconditional, remarkable love that caused the transformation in my life. Left on my own devices, I can change. But God intervened and showed me His love. And because Christ has showed me His love, now I understand the language of God that while I'm alive waiting for His return, there should be something that I should be busy of. And look at the parable of 10 minas. They were given the opportunity to invest whatever they have for the glory of their master. Am I correct? So if you're uh, going to ask me, 
what am I busy of nowadays? Yes, I'm a pastor. I'm studying the Word. Uh, we have a lot of meetings and activities here. But more than anything, these are the things that I'm busy of. I'm busy discipling my kids while waiting for the return. Yes, they're cute. They look like their mom. My point is... Napansin niyo, ako lang yung kalbo. Ang sama niyo. Okay, tumawa kayo. Why? Because in the coming of the king, God is not saying that I would, and I should wait for him with, and, and, and stay put and just sit back, relax, and enjoy. But I'm telling you right now, I have to live a godly life in order for these four kids to come to know the Lord. If I'm not consistent, I might be a pastor here and I can deliver a sermon every Sunday or Saturday. But if I'm not a good father at home, I don't spend time with them, I don't think the gospel has worked in my life. And you talk to my kids, okay? If I'm a perfect father. No, okay? Some of you are expecting yes, okay? No, I'm not. But because of the gospel, I can love them unconditionally. And I hope parents, while waiting for the return of the king, while waiting for the unveiling of, of, of the kingdom of God, wherever you are, do you spend time with your wife? Do you disciple your kids? Are you moving them one closer Okay, to where God wants them to be. Not just my kids, but including the people I interact with. That's a lot of people. And that's my prayer. Look for me. Can you find me? I got that from Google. But my point is, this is what I'm busy of. Because this is one of the things I realize, if you are really a Christian, you can't help but tell people about your encounter. Remember the day that you fell in love with somebody? <laughs> with the day that you fell in love with somebody, you don't want to tell everybody. You don't want to tell your parents. You don't want to tell anyone. But it can, it can, be, it can be felt. Yung, hindi ko sasabihin sa inyo, in love ako. Yung gano'n yun. You don't walk, di ba? When you're in love, you, you glide. Yung... Why? You don't want to tell everybody, but it can be seen in the way you, 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 you carry yourself. Yung, hindi ako in love. Yung gano'n yun. Why? Because... It has worked in your system. The same thing with the gospel. You can't tell me. I can't be generous. Have you experienced the generosity of God? So if you're not bearing fruits, there is a big problem. Because a Christian will capitalize in what the Lord has blessed him with. Your profession. Are you using that to bring people to God? God is concerned about what we do with what we have. God is concerned with what we possess. Do you understand? Pastor, I don't have much. Start with what you have. Remember that, that little boy that the Lord bless his five loaves and two fish? Do you remember that story? Yeah. That boy's from the Philippines. Boy, boy, boy. My, my point is, <laughs> kidding. But five loaves and two fish, when he had it over, it's not about the size of what you have. It's about the size of your God that can multiply what you have. Amen. Amen. So if you're telling me right now, Pastor, I don't, I don't believe you. Let me give you an example. How many of you here, you're good, you're good in ba- basketball? Anybody here? You're good in basketball. Just raise your hand if you're not, okay? <laughs> if you're good in basketball, I can beat you 101%. Okay? Pick any court. Not because I'm good, but the deal is, okay, I want to bring LeBron James in my team, Stephen Curry in my team, and I can guarantee I can beat you. Because it's not about me, but the people I'm with. There's the same thing. Why you can do things beyond your wildest dream, and some of you here, you can even fathom. 
Can I bless this poor person with 10,000 pesos? You can't fathom that. But you're not blessing the person. It is God blessing the person through you. But you feel like at times you're, you're doing it all by yourself. You're not getting the whole thing. God is simply saying, I'll be with you. Just invest it. Whatever I'm giving you, just, just invest it. Did he ask you that if you lose, I will take it against you? It's not in the scripture. Therefore, you just have to obey what God is telling you to do. While they were listening to the story of Zacchaeus, he went on to tell them a parable. Because he was near Jerusalem, and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. So they were approaching Jerusalem. And I went to Israel roughly about a month ago. To approach Jerusalem, you will have to take the hill in order for you to see Okay, from the right angle, the whole of Jerusalem. And the disciples, I believe, are excited. Tonight, tonight, tonight. He will unveil his kingdom and he will rule and reign. That is what they want. And I do understand if you're living during the time, probably this will be your what? Your posture as well. Lord, maghari ka na. Atin na to. Panginoon, magpabida ka. Aaten na to. God is saying, I know your heart, guys. You want me to rule? I know where you're coming from. God is saying, not yet. Let me communicate to you what I, I want to uh, happen. And God gave them a picture of Zacchaeus. This is what I want to happen. What is important today is that we need to look for people like Zacchaeus. How many of you here, honestly, before you came to know the Lord, you're evil. Evil, evil. Honestly, okay, that's, that's really your past life, your change now, I hope so. But if you look back, you just can't, you can't help, but you cringe. And then we have those moments, right? How many of you here, honestly, you have evil friends? Anybody here? Evil friends, evil, okay? Okay, tell me your friends are, and I tell you who... There you go, okay? No, 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 I'm not trying to judge your friends. I'm not trying to judge them, okay? But, what's my point? My point is... I don't know my point anymore. My point is, you need to understand that at the end of the day, we're like that. We have something evil in us. We don't understand the agendas of God. God is simply saying, please know me agenda. And this is what the, the scripture is telling us. That the kingdom of God, okay, is like a noble man. And he said, a noble man or a man of a noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then return. This was the insinuation of Christ. That I will return. But they're set with what they want. So they're not hearing probably what God is saying. That he went to be the, with the father because he will return someday. So he called 10 of his servants and gave them 10 minas. Put this money to work. He said, until I come back, if you don't do this, or if you don't multiply this, I will take it against you. It's not in the scripture. God is simply saying, do this. Because as you invest, and as you use what you have, to advance my kingdom and to capitalize in what I have given you, don't worry. I will be back to restore, renovate everything. Do you understand? That when Christ will return, He will fix all of this. But He's simply saying, more than just my restoration, I will 
hold you accountable. I will do the accounting if you are really servants that are faithful with what you have. Think about this. God will restore everything. Look at the person on your left. Left, okay? I mean, that person, the Lord will, will change, you know, everything. Do you understand? If there are certain things in your body you feel like, I don't look good, the day will come that you will have a glorified body. <laughs> you might not recognize the person. There are days that you don't like yourself. The day will come. Darating tayo. Maayos din yan. Yung buhok mo. And that's the beauty of a restored kingdom. Everything will be fixed. And this is why God is simply saying, I'm giving you first before I return. I'm giving you something. Okay? That when I come back, you put this money to work. Therefore, the master has entrusted us with something. And if you have personally believed the message that you have trusted Jesus, who shed his blood in your place on the cross, then the gospel has been entrusted to you. If you have a collision, an encounter with Christ, and you have accepted him in your life, and indeed you can validate it, you have an experience of his grace, you can't help but say something about it. Remember what I told you? The day that you fell in love, you can't help but open your mouth. Why? Because something is happening in your heart. This is what the gospel is all about. How many of you here are also surprised the day that you came to know the Lord? There is something deep within your heart that you can help but tell your experience, tell your transformation. So a person who doesn't go out of his way to share the gospel is somebody who needs to once again ask himself, am I really a Christian? Because if you're a Christian, it is expected of you to what? To share the gospel. It is expected of you to be generous. So if you're asking me, how come I'm not generous? There is something in the gospel that probably you have missed or you have overlooked. Because it is impossible for you to collide with the gospel and not be generous. It is impossible for you to collide with the gospel and not walk in transformation. How many of you here, you're glad you're changed? Nagbago ang buhay mo? That's the question. I can't judge any of you. Everything has changed. Your priorities. You can't help but speak about the gospel. You can't help, help but, but forgive people. How many of you here in the past, you're, you're full of bitterness. You can even imagine that you are right now are in the posture of forgiving people. Oh no. But because of the gospel, you can forgive. This is why, because of the transformation that you have experienced, you can say, Lord, you have entrusted to me. While waiting for your return, you have entrusted to me something. God is simply saying, I'm giving you what you need. I'm entrusting you with something. And I want you not to keep it, but to invest it, right? God has entrusted to us a business or the business. What's the business? What is God asking us to do? For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's the heart of God. God did not die on the cross to give you a love life. Do you understand? But if you have Christ, probably you will have a love life. Probably. But that's not the reason why He came came down and crucified Himself. He came for you and me to what? Sick and save the lost. That we were all lost. That's the agenda. He did not come here to promote your career, to give you a nice wife. And to, to, to provide for whatever. This will follow 
if you have a relationship with God. But, but God's top agenda is not for you to have a good life. But if you have Christ, probably you'll have a good life. Do you understand this? But his top priority is to seek and save the lost. He came, if you look at the, the different stories in the Bible, the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost sons, the beggar that God loved, the salvation of the leper, the blind man, the despised tax collector named Zacchaeus. It was always for people that are lost. And how many of you here are thankful that you are no longer lost, but you have been found? Can we give him the glory? So if you're saying, I have experienced salvation, now I want you to expect that there is fruit that goes with salvation. Our salvation will always bear fruit. And some people would want to really prove to their friends, I'm a Christian. See, I'm doing what is good. Remember, I cannot know what's in your heart if you're doing what is good. Not necessarily you're a Christian. In fact, stewardship and generosity and doing what is good does not prove you are a Christian. But it will show if you're a Christian. Let's ponder for about three seconds. Process, process, process. I can tell you you're, you're, you're a Christian because you're doing what is good. But if you are a Christian... It will come out naturally. Hindi ka na bastos, hindi ka na nagmumura. How come you're so... But hindi na ako nag-flirt. I'm not talking about you, but I'm talking about people out there in another planet probably. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. They hated him. I don't know for what reason, but we will uncover. Why? He was made king, however, and returned home. Then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. So for probably for these people, they were, the, the master was asking, what did you do with what I have given you? The time that I have given you, the promotion I have given you, what did you do? What did you do that I, I brought you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of, 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 of my son? Okay? Or the son that I love? What did you do? What did you do where, where I blessed you with a car? What did you do with that? Was it because, okay, you want a comfortable life to serve whatever you want? Or you do understand, I'm coming. The king is returning. I would want to take advantage of this opportunity to use what I have for the purpose of God. And did you know some of you here that are not satisfied with what you're doing right now? Because what you have is not utilized for the kingdom of God. Because everything that we have and everything about you is designed to serve God. The chief end of man is to give him all the glory. And if you're not doing what you're called to do, you will never be satisfied. Do you understand? Let me give you an example. If you have a cell phone, can you use your cell phone like a hammer? Yes or no? Yes, of course. But you know it wasn't created for pounding, right? Kung pwede na magsalita ang cell phone, do you think the cell phone will be satisfied? Ang sarap na maging martilyo, yung ganon. The cell phone won't... won't won't, won't be happy because it wasn't designed to be a hammer. But if you use a cell phone for texting and, and sending pass a load to me, <laughs> 0908, <laughs> it will be happy because it was created for its own purpose. The reason why some of us are not happy because we're not doing the will of the Father. We're not doing what, what the Lord has called us to do. This is why the Master expects us to do something for His kingdom. The first one came and said, Sir, okay? So the first one entrusted, now the master is expecting us because of our encounter with the gospel. 
Now the first one came and said, Sir, your mina has earned ten more. Well done, my good servant. Pinuri niya. His master replied, Because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of ten minas. Amen? Anong yes? Basahin niyo. Ten cities. Kanina pa eh. <laughs> ten cities. The second came and said, Sir, your mina has earned five more. His master answered, Take charge of five cities. Now, I want you to really pause for a while. Is a master an evil person? You invested four months of your salary. Okay? And you will be what? You will be rewarded with 10 CDs. I think you will be rewarded with, with Alabang, Parnake. I mean, with, do you understand? Do you understand? Yes. So my question with you right now is a master generous. If I'm blessed with one city, you'll be surprised. Why? Because indeed, the generosity of the master was validated in this story. And he gave 10 and 5 cities to these uh, servants. Then another servant came and said, Sir, you're not faithful. Sir, here is your mina. I have kept it laid away in piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. And I realized, why would this master be a hard man? If you look at how he has rewarded the other servants, he's not a hard man. He is a generous man. And you can only say that he's a hard man if you don't know him. How many of you here are guilty that when it comes to misquoting people, you tend to judge other people if you don't know them? Sama ng ugali. Wala namang ginagawa eh. Facial expression lang. Yun yung basihan mo, di ba? Masiba to. Hindi, healthy lang. Why do we judge people, di ba? Pag healthy, masiba. What's wrong with you guys? Yung ganon. Di ba? And we judge people, right? But you know, if you know someone, and if somebody would want to accuse them, you would stand in the way and say, you're wrong. I know this person. Talagang masiba to. When you know the person, you would defend the person, right? And he accused the master because he doesn't know the master. And the master is simply saying, you take out, or, or, or this um, servant said, you take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words. He accused the master. You wicked servant. And some of you here probably, you might find this harsh that if Jesus Christ is this uh, master, he would call this person wicked. But I want you to understand, the reaction of the person has a lot to do with how he values the relationship. Pag importante sa'yo yung isang bagay, napaka-intense ng reaction mo, di ba? Do you understand? Yung anak mo nahuhulog, di ba? Ah, di ba? Because you, your son is important, yung mister mo nahulog. <laughs> why? Because again, I don't know why we're doing this, okay? Because the, the reaction, okay, speaks of how valuable it is and his reaction. You wicked servant, you knew... Did you, that I am a hard man, taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow? You're accusing me. And this is what God is saying. You don't know me. And some of you here, you have listened to the lies of the enemy that you can change. You don't know God. Some of you here, you came from a poor family and you feel like, God, I don't think I will advance. I don't think you can bless me. You don't know God. You can prosper. You can be blessed. You can have a breakthrough. 
You will have a wife. You will have a... Never mind. But my point is, you have to know God. Because when you know God, anything is possible. This is the reaction of the servant who doesn't know God. We jump into conclusion. But if you know God, He will meet you according to His riches and glory. Amen. He will not leave you nor forsake you. The God that we serve will bless our lives, whether you like it or not. That is His promise. The question, if He bless us, what do you do with what you have? Will you use it to advance the kingdom of God? Will you use your career, your promotion, your family, your car to bring more people into the kingdom of God? I don't have to require any of you. In fact, it's an insult for someone to tell me, Pastor Ryan, share the gospel. A person who has experienced salvation will what? Share salvation. You wicked servant. There you go. At the end of the day, being the being of Christ comes first before anything. And this is the problem of all the servants. The problem is that, or, or the, the problem with, with his servant, he doesn't know the master. Therefore, he can trust the master that whatever the master is saying, he can fully submit himself and obey the master. Isn't that amazing? That it's easy to obey someone that you are intimate with, that you have a relationship with. Can you relate with me? No mga araw na nagmamahalan kayo. Diba? Pakisundu naman ako. Diba? Yan. Nakatira sa Las Piñas. Pakisundu naman sa Baguio. Yung ganun. Baguio sa may, you know, Camp John Hay. Yung ganun. Uba. Lapit naman yan. Yung ganun. Yung parang buwang loob. Diba? Because you don't really care of the inconvenience. You love the person. Diba? But now you're married. Pakisundu naman sa bagay. Chappy, chappy. Yung ganon. <laughs> Why are we like that? Because the relationship has waned. But I'm telling you right now, if your relationship is deep, is deep, it's an honor to do it for the person. If the relationship is deep, han pakuha naman ng tubig, diba? Yung ganon. It's easy for you. Pakuha pala may tubig na yung ganon. Bilis, ano? Why? Because it's an honor to serve someone that you have a relationship with. The problem is that the reason why you don't understand this, you have to retrace your steps, go back and say, do I really have a relationship? Why didn't you put my money on deposit so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest? Then he said to those standing by, take his mina away from him and give it to the one who has 10 minas. Sir, they said, he already or... They said, he already has 10. He replied, I tell you that to everyone who has more will be given, but as for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. This sounds harsh, but I want you to really focus on uh, the underlying sentences. That if you have a relationship with God, He will take everything to those who doesn't understand His relationship or the relationship with it and give it to you. Or to those people that has acknowledged Christ on the day of accounting. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't recognize God, be my guest. But whether you recognize God or not, He owns you. Whether you worship God or not, or you acknowledge God or not, He owns you. Because the day will come, our master, 
will examine us. He did not only entrust us with things that we can use in order for us to use it for His kingdom. He did not only expect us to leverage on it so that we invest it for His purposes and His glory. The day will come, you will be examined. And the day will come because of that examination, you will be rewarded. Every vessel from Matthew Henry will be alike full in heaven. All of our containers will be full in heaven, but not alike large. The sizes will be different. And the degrees of glory there will be according to the degrees of usefulness on earth. When somebody approached me, Pastor, I will only acknowledge Christ when I die five minutes before. Jesus is Lord. What a guy, okay? Our, our goal is, is not to move from where we are to where, to where heaven is. I mean, our goal is that more than accepting Christ, if you have an encounter with Jesus, is that someday we will have an expectation that whatever we have done for God, and all the sacrifices that we've done for the gospel, ladies and gentlemen, mark my word, everything that we've done for the glory of God will be richly rewarded. Amen. Come on now. Look at the servants. From servants, they were given 10 and 5 cities. They became rulers. We will do what we need to do because we look forward that whatever we've done for the kingdom of God and whatever investments we've given and whatever we've done to bring as many people in the kingdom of God, the Lord will meet it according to His riches and glory. And more than anything else, the Word of God says that the rewards prepared for us, these are things that you cannot comprehend. Now, I want you to imagine with me for about three seconds of the kind of reward intended for you. Now, imagine. That's not the kind of reward. Because the Bible says, okay, Let's give it a try again. What kind of rewards do you want for yourself? Imagine right now. That's not the kind of rewards. Because the Bible says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who loved Him. So whatever you can imagine, that's nothing. Because what God has prepared for you is something that you cannot fathom. Now imagine again. Give it a, just give it a try. That's not it, my friend. God has prepared something that you cannot fathom. That's the kind of rewards God is preparing for those who has given their lives for His glory. This is why while we're waiting for His return, and as we look forward for the coming of our King and the day of His accounting, while we are alive, present in this body, it is our turn to do his business until his return. What is the business? To seek and save the lost. This is why he gave the parable to his disciples. That this is not you gaining the upper hand for my return. This is not about our, our gang. It is about Zacchaeus out there. People like Zacchaeus who are in need of the gospel. This is why you were taken in 
to encounter and experience the gospel. Because as Christ has saved you, through Christ you can save as many. Your life is equivalent to thousands of people out there who are looking for answers. And here you are in this gathering. You will start your week where people will come to understand the saving knowledge of Christ because of what you've done. Take note, whatever you've done for the kingdom would be rewarded. Even though our motivation is not to be rewarded. Because we're doing it based on what we have experienced brought to you by the gospel. But ladies and gentlemen, because of our sacrifices, because of what we've done for the kingdom of God, whether you like it or not, the day of accounting, the promise is, you will be rewarded. Amen. We bow our heads and close our eyes. I want you to ask yourself right now, are you faithful at this very chapter, season, moment of your life, that you're simply saying, God, I know I'm saved. I have experienced your salvation. But how come I cannot translate my encounter with you with how I can be a blessing to the people around me? So if you are the person right now, you're saying, Pastor, can you pray for me this evening that I can translate whatever experience I have with my encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ? That whatever I have, whatever I possess, whatever I, know, I own, whatever I know, whatever time I have, Lord, help me use it for the advancement of your kingdom. Lord, I pray, I want you to receive this right now, that you bless every person with time, with money, with promotion, with resources. If you're the person right now, you're saying, God, I want you to bless abundantly my life. I want you to raise your hand. I believe all of us across the room. Just receive it right now. Lord, thank you. That whatever you have placed on our lap, and no matter how you have blessed our lives, Lord, as we raise our hands, and as you bless us, Lord, I pray that you will use my life to be a blessing to people. That you use my life to share the gospel to people that are harass and help us that you bring me to places where people are in need of the gospel Lord I want to do your business because I know that you will return and you will restore everything and you will renovate everything and I'm excited for the day of accounting Lord I pray that you you cause each and every one of us to be excited. excited. But because this is the day of celebration where we will experience the rewards that you have prayed for, or prepared for your people. You can put down your hands. And as we end, if you're that person, you're saying, Pastor, I have been living my life according to what I want and not according to what God wants. In fact, Pastor, I'm I'm living on my own. And I believe with all my heart that this is not an accident why the Lord brought you here. The Lord wants you to listen to this message because God is saying, 
I'm not here to judge you. I have given you the opportunity to come to this gathering, to come to this service because I want you to hear my message. I want you to invite me in your heart. You're not joining a religion. You are... You're inviting me into a relationship. So as we bow our heads and close our eyes, if you're that person right now, you're simply saying, Pastor, I want to start somewhere. The good news is you can start tonight. And I want to invite you into a simple prayer. This is the start of the journey. So if you want to accept Jesus, I want you to repeat this prayer after me with the help of our leaders. Say this after me. If you want to accept Jesus, you want to start all over again, and you want to start right. Say this after me. Jesus, thank you. Say this with me. Thank you for this opportunity that you've given me. Jesus, I repent from all known sins and I want to follow you for the rest of my life. Jesus, I receive you in my heart as my Lord and Savior. In your name, I pray. As we bow our heads and close our eyes, if you pray the prayer where you have invited Jesus into your heart, you were, you've done what is right. And I want you to hear this loud and clear. The Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old, the old has been erased. The old is gone. And the new has come. So as you bow your heads and close your eyes, if you're saying, Pastor, I prayed that prayer, I want you to raise your hand if you prayed that prayer. If you have prayed that prayer, anybody in this room, don't look around, just bow your heads. If you have prayed that prayer, you have accepted Christ, just raise your hand as high as you can if you're that person. So after the service, if you did accept Christ, just approach me so I can meet you and pray for you. If you want me to pray for you as well, you can meet me after the service. But I want to rejoice with all of you. Because the promise that we will be rewarded will come into pass. But we're not doing this for the rewards, in fact. We're doing this because we have experienced the gospel. We've experienced the generosity of God. We've experienced the love of God. We have experienced the goodness of God. We've experienced who God is. Thus, we can serve people as Christ has served us. So I bless all of you that you will use what you have for the glory of God. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen.